Hi, I'm Karant Ajwani, and I'm the author of Wings of Change, a book looking at Red Bull's influence in football. Red Bull started their football operations 15 years ago with the controversial takeover of local club SV Austria Salzburg. Since then, they've expanded to countries like Brazil, the United States of America, and Germany. My book profiles the key people behind their rise, and in addition to that, it looks at why they have been so successful, yet so controversial, in recent years. The book includes key interviews with people like Badly Light Phillips, Ernst Tanner, and more. Wings of Change is out on 9th November 2020. Welcome back to another episode of the Gen Z Football Podcast. And look at us now. On video. Yep. We're on video. Uh, hopefully everything goes well. Otherwise, you'll just be hearing us chat about videos. <laughs> Nothing's online. But we're, this is going to be our first... Ho- hopefully, this is going to be our first YouTube video that we post. Um, but now, you get another perspective of us. And you get to see our gorgeous faces for the first time. Um, yeah. So, what do we have planned for today? Um, we have a few things planned for today. Um, our main segment will be going over Pep Guardiola's time at Manchester City and whether he's failed or succeeded. Um, we will re- go through our predictions um, that we made last week. And there are no matches this week because of the international break. Um, I don't know if we might discuss some of the international matches, mm. but probably not because it's quite a lot of them. Yeah. Um, that is basically it. Um, we'll go through the rundown after this. Um, but first, Tom, how was your week? Uh, uh, what, did I, what did I do this week? I, I don't really do much anymore because yeah. I finished uni, but you have finished uni for the year. Yes, That's exciting. I have. Um, I've only got one. Wait, is it one year left on this course? Hopefully. On this course. Yeah. One year left. Um, yes. My week, though. Let's talk about me for a second. Um, yeah, not a great deal. Just, uh, this is pretty much my life now. Just watch football, take yep. notes, upload it to you guys. Um, special mention that there was an election this week uh, in, in in America. If you, if you missed it, I don't by think the time this goes it. out, it would have been a week <laughs> from the actual election yeah. in the United States uh, took place. And, of course, um, the incumbent... Uh, President Donald Trump was defeated to uh, yes. many people's um, happiness, I suppose, uh, around the world. And many people's surprise, um, But then again, also, you got to remember the, uh, 70 million, at least 70 million people voted for him. Yeah. So, um, that, that'll be an interesting situation. But um, no things look good for the future. Mm. Um, and football's looking good. So, you know, can't complain. Exactly. So, with that being said, we're going to move on to... The Rundown. This week on The Rundown, Diego Maradona underwent emergency surgery after it was revealed he had internal brain bleed. Massive news. Yeah. This could have been like one of the most tragic news of the year. Like obviously it's not a um the surgery went well, we should add uh, just <laughs> before we get into all the all the details about it, but the surgery went well and he's I believe he's out of hospital now. He was out of hospital probably a day or two after the surgery. Yep. And it, it was like a wild 24 hours for him. Um, but yeah, glad it it wasn't um, a bad situation for him. Uh, it probably would have been like a traumatizing situation yeah. at the time. But actually, I read a fair like few articles on this and a lot of other stuff happened that um, you know didn't hit the mainstream media. 
uh, to say, he actually was suffering from anemia, dehydration, and depression when he was admitted to the, the first clinic. And then he did the scans there, and that showed the bleeding on the brain, which is actually caused by something called a subdermal hematoma. Um, yeah, all you doctors out there, shout yeah. out. <laughs> but... If anyone out there can uh, explain what that means to Tom, I'm sure he'll be oh, yeah. um, happy. I've sort of done a little bit of research. It's like when there's blood in your brain. Oh, so, okay. A blame, <laughs> a, so a brain bleed then? Pretty much. There's like br- blood between a membrane and his brain is what it, Not good. it's been come up as. So, yeah, he was in, he went to a hospital in La Plata, La Plata, I think that's how you say it. Um, and yeah. They, he was admitted there and he was reportedly suffering from anemia, dehydration and showed signs of depression and they had to obviously do a COVID check on him as well. Um, if you don't know, Maradona has a pretty, I'd say it's a pretty well-known history of, you know, drug abuse and alcohol abuse. So he does have poor health, so it does make him, you know, somewhat vulnerable to this COVID disease. Yep. Um, but fortunately, there was no links to that. Um, yeah, then he was transported to Buenos Aires where he underwent the surgery and it was all well. So I think that's, that's it. pretty much it for um, that. Hopefully nothing else comes up from that. But No, it's good to see that he, it went all right and yep. that he's um, doing well now. Yep. Um, on Thursday, reports suggest that Maurizio Pochettino and Julian Nagelsmann have been contacted by Manchester United um, after Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's poor performance this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pochettino suggested that uh, the Pochettino story that he had been contacted by Manchester United came out a month ago, a yeah. month and a bit ago. Um, it wasn't really, more. yeah, more of a speculation. It wasn't really confirmed, but um, this seems to be more of a confirmation that. They're actually in talks yeah. to replace um, Solskjaer. Yeah, and I think as well as that, it's like it's not just Pochettino now. It's also Nagelsmann, mm. who's I honestly regard him as one of the one of the best managers in the world. The way he's been able to progress this Leipzig team mm-hmm. in the Champions League last season as well as this season, as we'll talk about later on. Um, but yeah, his philosophy is also great, and I think. Either of them would be, a, you know, a positive to Manchester United if they either of them were to go there. Yeah, and it's looking more and more likely that um, yeah. Solskjaer would uh, get the sack sooner rather than, than later. Yeah. Um, obviously, this week um, they managed to lose uh, in the Champions League. Yeah, very, um, very poor performance. But winning the then, Premier yeah. League. <laughs> and the way that it happens, though, like he honestly, he digs himself a hole, puts himself in it. Yeah. Puts the gun up against his head and then just takes it off at the last second. Yeah, like, he like manages. He's managed to survive that many times yeah. over the course of his tenure at uh, Manchester United. But yeah, um, we'll talk about him a little a little bit later during the results as well. Yep, just because uh, it's relevant. <laughs> uh, on Friday, there was a record ninety three goals scored during match day three of the Europa League. This is big um, for this many goals to be scored in one match day. Yeah. So yeah, obviously Europa League have. Uh, double the amount of games, and they're all played on one day um, after the Champions League fixtures are, uh, have resulted. Um, so, yeah, 10 clubs scored four more goals during these results. You had Leverkusen scoring four, PAOK scoring four, 
Roma with five, Rapid one with four, Arsenal four, Leicester four, Hoffenheim five, Sparta Prague four, AEK Athens four, and Villarreal four. Um, so yeah, very uh, a, a very big goal fest there. Um, and another thing to mention for Tottenham wise, uh, Harry Kane scored his two hundredth goal, two hundredth goal for the club in just three hundred games. Mm. That's, um, so that's, that's in all competitions. That's big news for very Harry big. Kane. Um, and it, yeah, very fast uh, fashion to do so. Pretty much a goal every... Oh, I can't do the math. <laughs> How many <laughs> you know, games did he play? Huh? How many games has he played? Well, that was his 300th game. So about 1.5 goals yeah, a 1.5 game. 1.5 goals a game. Roughly. Um, I hope that's right. Well, if it's two, if he scored his two hundred, yeah. it would be. But yeah. he's hit, he's hit another milestone in the Premier League that we'll talk about as well later in the Premier League uh, result. But yeah, what That's else very happened good. on Friday? Yeah, um, a lot of things happened on Friday. Um, new regulations were announced um, regarding transfers, meaning that money that agents make from deals will now be public. Yeah. So, Tom, would you like to explain what happened previously? Yeah. So, generally, when transfers happen. Uh, you know, you only see how much the club's making off the transfer and then how much the player... Look, sometimes you see how much the player makes. Usually it's undisclosed mm-hmm. um, in lower leagues, but, you know, Premier League and all the other top European competitions usually say how much a player is on, and I'm, I'm pretty sure you can do your research. You'll find out pretty easily how much a player is on. Um, but during player contract negotiations, is also a agent's fee, um, that the agent gets for, you know, doing his job pretty much. Um, and now that is going to be public, which I think I think it's right because, you know, they're going to make quite a bit of money and they yeah. usually are, you know, quite proficient with their money making and they have a lot of clients as well. So some have a lot of clients. Um, so, yeah, I think that's right to have everything public, yeah. especially when you're in the spectacle of the public. And I think it should be for all sports as well, especially with ones with salary caps. Like, obviously, this doesn't have much, but A-League, for example, with salary caps, I think all that should be public. And AFL, even, because there's always salary cap scandals and stuff. But I'm a big fan of it, to be honest. Yes. Um, I think it will probably prevent um, managers trying to extort more money out of clubs or going to where they think it will be more profitable for them rather than their player or... Or for the club's progression. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Also on Friday, Derby County owner Mel Morris uh, agreed in principle to sell the club to the cousin of Manchester City owner Sheikh Khalid. Um, I'll take that. I presume he's a Sheikh. Sheikh, Sheikh Mansur is the owner of Manchester City. Yep. So Sheikh Khalid is um, cousin. His cousin, apparently. Yeah. Um, this I think raises a few questions, which are, I don't, I don't have the facts about. I don't think you probably do. Um, obviously, they're two different people. Um, that's completely fine. <laughs> they are related, yeah. and it's not. There's nothing wrong to say that it's not his money. However, um, the Manchester City owner. Um, Mansur, Sheikh Mansur, um, is a sheikh, so he's a he's a royal yeah. prince of through the family, um, the UAE, mm. um, I believe the UAE, um, and so obviously his cousin would be too. Mm. <laughs> so is their money coming from 
the country or the family. No, but like, because the family in the country, their money would probably be connected, which I'm not saying, like, I don't want to get political or anything, but if they're coming, if the money's coming from the same place, is it really owned by two different people? Is it owned by one person? Because if Mm. the money's coming from a different place, just because it's in someone else's name, doesn't mean that the profits or the, you know, the backing, they won't both have the backing of the state and it's another, it could potentially become another state-owned club. Yeah. Um... It may be, you know, his inheritance. That's fine. I'm just, I'm just a bit concerned that it's yeah, heading down that I way, and then, mean. you know, he has another cousin who, you know, oh, he has a bit of money too. Yeah, and just start taking over. There's a lot of people with a lot of money. I'm not saying that. I'm yeah. just saying, if there's any connection to, if there's any connection to a state, then yeah. um, it gets a bit into a bit of troubled, turbulent waters. I think in terms of. Mm how right it is to allow one country because it's generally it's he's a political leader he's a you know he's a, he's a member of a royal family of a country yeah. um so he's a leader there to you know invest because it is an investment and that's probably how they see it um to invest in multiple clubs but they're really owned by one person it's kind of unfair in a way i it's good for Derby, I think, but oh yeah, it's have just a, a bit. Cash I don't know. It just seems a bit weird, odd. Yeah, don't I, know, I remember. Places. I remember when I told you about it straight away. First thing you asked me was, "Is this is this legal?" Mm. And I looked into it, and I couldn't really see I, I, anything yeah. like suggesting I mean, it wasn't. But it, stuff like that, you're not going to know I, until it comes yeah. out. I don't know. Like with Manchester, Manchester City, I think is a bit different than say. The Newcastle Saudi takeover was yeah. similar to Manchester City as it would have been under a group that was led by the um, the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia, and therefore it was pretty much Saudi Arabian government money or the like royal family royal family, which is pretty much the government mm. their money. So it, it get and same with PSG. They're owned by um, the Qatari royal family, I think, yeah. or a member of the Qatari royal Qatari, family. Yeah. So they're kind of, and, and you see that, like, they have Qatar on their kits. Um, some of their kits they used to, at least. Yeah, they um, used to. <laughs> or Fly Emirates. Yeah, they used to have Fly Emirates. Oh, maybe they're not Qatari. Maybe they're Emirati. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, sorry, don't, I probably should have looked into this <laughs> a bit further, but I, I don't know. I just, I just worried about, um, yeah, how much of a... Yeah. It, they, it's probably not illegal, like it's within the code because they still have to be like past the fit and proper person's test. But I mean, hmm. I don't know if anyone's ever failed that. There probably is, but yeah. I, I kind of remember, like, because there was a few people that, you know, since that test has been introduced, has actu- have actually, you know, um, what's the word, put a club into uh, receivership. Oh, like put them in jeopardy. Yeah, uh, you yeah. know, in high debt and yeah. Um, um, but yeah, in regards to like, um, whether it's illegal or you know the conspiracy behind it, conspiracy, <laughs> uh, behind it. Um, yeah, you can't really. You can speculate as far as you want, but yeah, no one's gonna know until no. It's it just seems a bit odd, but I mean, it's a good thing for Derby to have yeah, this money coming especially in, especially right now because they yeah. need it. <laughs> They're currently sitting twenty third. Or at the time they were sitting 23rd, or they probably still are, yep. in the championship, so second tier, um, which is a relegation a spot that would put them in League 1 if they were to be relegated. 
Yeah, and they'd probably be less likely to buy them if they yeah. were relegated. Uh, who knows? But yeah, the only thing that highlights everything that you've just said, or like over highlight, I don't know if that's a thing, but it, the EFL approved the deal. So I think that's like the whole. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> it's been approved by the EFL. The, the, the owner, uh, what's his name? Mel Morris. He pretty much the current agree- owner, yeah. yeah. He agreed to in principle to the deal. So, as far as we know, right now it will go through sometime soon, or probably not soon. Maybe at the end of the season, maybe yeah. during the year. Oh, who knows? What else do we have on the rundown? Uh, the last bit of um, news speculation. I, I don't know what you call this. Uh, no. On Saturday, Mesut Özil has revealed that he wishes to remain in London. If he was to be transferred, so obviously he'd want to make, remain in the Premier League. Yeah, I can't see him going to the Championship. Um, so that leaves because he's at Arsenal. Um, so that leaves Tottenham. He's not going to go to Tottenham because one they wouldn't get it, take him, and really it's Tottenham, and it. he's played for Arsenal. It has yeah. happened, but I, it's not for him. He's Chelsea. Chelsea, not going to happen. Work. Um, West Ham, possible. I like that. Um, especially if they were to sell uh, Rice to Chelsea. They have a bit of money to pay him. He won't be getting paid the £350,000 a week or whatever it is. Yeah, unless, but you know, he'd be playing every week. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the main... That's why, probably. Crystal Palace is another shout. Um, okay. uh, I don't know if they could afford his Similar, even yeah. reduced wages if they kept Zaha on as well. That's... Yeah. I mean, if they were able to keep Zaha and add Ozil. Ozil to that, Jesus. And they've got uh, Eze as well, youngster coming up. He scored a really good goal on the weekend, yep. at that free kick. If they Imagine that, like that front three. Well, it wouldn't be a front three, but Eze through the midfield with Ozil and Zaha. Well, I don't know front. if Ozil's any good anymore because I haven't seen him play for a very long time. I haven't time. seen him play in, honestly, so, probably like a year and a half. I Maybe haven't seen him play probably at least two years. Could be longer. Yeah. But yeah. And the fact that, like, Arteta left him out of the squad and said, oh, we gave it all that we could. Or, like, he's just... Maybe he wasn't good enough. Maybe he actually wasn't good enough. Because there's no way that they would actually leave him out if he wasn't any good. Because they... No, I He would I reckon... be a replacement even if they needed him. Like, it, it makes no sense to leave him out completely unless he was actually not... not he wasn't saying very nice things about Arsenal, though. Bale didn't say nice things about Real Madrid and he was put in the squad. Then, well, he never bench, played, did he? Bench warmer, but still yeah. in the squad. I yeah, don't know I how their regulations work or anything. I don't know. Like. I just don't think he could have dropped off that much. Yeah. Um, who else? Fulham. Who else? Fulham, but they they'll probably get go relegated. down. Watford, if they get put back up. Um, Brentford, if they get put Brentford, back up. Brentford, if they get up. There's um, a few, but I think yeah, if, uh, if it was out to those teams... Especially those ones that are stable, like like in the Premier League, um, and are, are quite stable. Yeah, yeah. West Ham or Crystal Palace. West Ham or Palace. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can I speculate at this point? Yeah. Well, we'll see. It remains to be seen what Maybe he does. Maybe January. He could leave in January. He could. Um. Anyway, that was the rundown for this week. So for the results during the week, we had, what, 12 Premier League games, I believe, as well as the Champions League that we'll talk about. Um, 
So yeah, we'll go straight into it. Now, also with our tipping, if you don't know how it works, if we get new viewers over YouTube, um, for Premier League matches, um, we will do a... Well, you what? You, wait, we're not... Yeah, we got no tips this week, so... No tips this week. Um, you'll probably find out next episode. But, yeah. Um, it's probably um, easier to do it when we're actually doing tips. Yeah. So for the Premier League, we predict a score as well as the winner. And if you get it completely right, you get three points. If you just get the result right, uh, but you get the score wrong, it's just one point. And if you get it completely wrong, no points are given out. And then for the Champions League, we just pick a winner or a result, um, whether that be a draw, a win or a loss. Um, and then that's worth one point. And that all gets added up to our tally. And then we'll go through a tally at the end as well, because it's pretty close. Yeah, it is So very close at the moment. Yeah. First game. Um these two were to finish finish off match week seven. We had Fulham two, West Brom nil. What did you first predict? I predicted that? a two-two draw. Yes, and do you know what I predicted? The same. No, a two-nil Fulham. Ah, I got it right. The <laughs> first tip of the week started off with a three. Um, if you don't know what the scores were before the start of this, it was fifty-five to fifty-eight. So I was three points behind. I just leveled it up straight away with the first um, game there. And then the next game to finish off match week seven, we had Leeds one, Leicester City four. Big result there for Leicester City. Yeah, it was. It was indeed. Um, <laughs> now, I What did you predict? I tipped 3-2 uh, to Leeds. Yes, as you always do, as we mentioned last episode. Yes, <laughs> I have a habit of uh, predicting that scoreline when it comes to Leeds. Yeah, Um. And I also got it wrong because I did a draw, a 1-1 draw. So, no points are given out there. Yeah, obviously, Leeds beat them. Uh, Leeds lost, sorry, to Leicester. Um, four goals to one. So, next up, we had the Champions League. Um, the Wednesday fixtures, obviously, first up. We'll go through um, group by group. That's probably the easiest way to figure out where we're at. But we'll start off with Group A. We had Lokomotiv Moscow 1, Atletico Madrid 1. What did you predict first? I predicted Atletico to win. Um, I did the exact If you're same. unaware, we just predict who's going to win or if it's a draw. Yep. Um, so, yes. Big result, honestly. I wrote an article, as I always do every week, <laughs> um, and I mentioned some groups to watch out for because obviously halfway through the group stage and Lokomotiv Moscow are dangerous. They've, they took it to Bayern. They just narrowly lost. They've got a point out of Atletico Madrid and they get to play them again. Um, obviously not at home this time, but they'll have another chance to you know steal three points. And if they do steal three points, they will go on top of them mm-hmm. into the um, progression stage. But yeah, I think that's definitely one match to watch out for. Atletico Madrid are not as safe as they look right now, if, I, if that's one way to put it. What's the next game? The next game was Shakhtar Donetsk. I don't. I have it in order. You don't have it in order. So I'll just go through every game. So the next game we had was Avi Salzburg two, Bayern Munich six. Absolute smashing. Salzburg. It looks like a smashing. Yeah. It's not that 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 result does not paint the entire picture. Obviously, if you watch the game, uh, the score was. The scores were tied in the 78th minute or 79th minute. And Pine went and scored uh, four goals in about, you know, 12 minutes or so and 
completely blew them out of the water. If Salzburg had a, you know, held on for that result, not only would it have been a shock to the group, they would have also broken Bayern's record for consecutive wins, which they could have done, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you predict for that I one? I predicted Bayern to win. Yeah, I did that as well. So we both get our first points. Oh, you get your first points for that game. Um, I grab another one. Uh, moving on to Group B, we had another killing. Shakhtar Donetsk, nil. Borussia Mönchengladbach, six. six. What? Wow. Um, and just to add... They're going to win the whole thing. I think, I think Shakhtar and Real Madrid are equal on points in the group right now. Yep. Borussia Mönchengladbach are ahead. Um, but I think if you look on the Champions League website, it has Donetsk or Shakhtar... Um, in second, even though their goal difference is negative, um, which I think it's odd that they do that. But anyway, um, Sergio, I oh know that's Real Madrid's game. Oh, I didn't even write that game in my notes. Oh well. Um, <laughs> oh no, I did. It's right there. But never mind. It was a it was a big win anyway. For oh, Munchen Gladback. Yeah. <laughs> um, six goals again, as we mentioned in the Wednesday fixtures. I think it was thirty-five goals alone in those eight games. So, very big scoreline there. Yeah. Uh, uh, to wrap up Group B for this week, we had Real Madrid 3, Inter 2. What yes. were your thoughts on this match here? Very surprised to see Real Madrid get over the top of Inter Nationale. Um, yeah, um, obviously it didn't go so well for them after the match with, with Eden Hazard and another player, I can't remember who else, um, mm. testing positive for coronavirus, yeah. Um, so we help, hope they get better soon, and hopefully there are no Inter Milan players that contracted it, especially from the Hazard, because Hazard just come back from injury. I think he has. Yeah, and now we'll be off for at straight least two back, weeks. Straight back on the sidelines, but yeah. Um, what else happened in this game? I think uh, Sergio Ramos scored his hundredth goal for the club, which is pretty significant for a centre back. He didn't um, get red carded. Yeah, he didn't get red carded. He's been there for quite some time now. Um, and he's always popped up with goals every now and again. So, I mean, he is their their captain. So, yeah, very good achievement for him there. Um, so yeah, anything else to mention on Group uh, B? Not really. Who did you? Oh, what'd you predict for that? Oh, game? that one I predicted uh, Inter Milan Inter. to win, and I did a draw. And we also predicted Munch and Gladbach for the last game. Yes, so we both got a point for that one, but we both get no points for the Real Madrid game. Um, so moving on to Group C now, we got Manchester City three, Olympiacos nil. Um, pretty straightforward result. I think City are going to cruise through the group once again as they do every year. Most years, yeah. <laughs> Probably the last three or four years they've cruised through that group. Yep. Um, whether it be first or second, but um, yeah, pretty straightforward. What did you predict for that one? I predicted Manchester City to win, and yep. they did. And I have done the exact same. And then the other game for Group C, Porto 3, Marseille nil. Another pretty straightforward result. Yep. Um, I think uh, both Porto and Man City will advance through. If they uh, continue to go the way they are, I think they'll, con- they'll go straight through the knockout stages. Um, Marseille, don't think they have a win yet. Um, and Olympiacos have a draw or maybe a win. I think Olympiacos actually might have beaten Marseille. Now, I should have dummy bloody research but anyway it's, it's relevant because they're not going through <laughs> let's put it that way uh group d now 
Very happy with this one. I can't wipe the smile off my face because I just remembered what a good game this was. Uh, Atalanta nil, Liverpool five. Yes, and if you're uh, new to this um, podcast, Tom goes for Atalanta, so he was <laughs> definitely no. He goes for Liverpool, as you can see with his. Uh, this is Anfield poster, so yeah, it was a big win for Liverpool. Um, away from I home. Don't know. Hey, away from home. Away from home. Yeah. And so this is not Anfield. No, and it was the second time I believe in the. Oh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't this season or the Champions League. Uh, Atalanta failed to actually score a goal, which is very Be- rare for them, them because yeah. they either concede a lot but score more, or they just score more and not concede and they've done the complete opposite um another thing to mention at this stage obviously you know that the liverpool man city result but at this time this was liverpool's fifth win in a row without van dyke since van dyke uh, got injured so so maybe van dyke was not a good luck charm <laughs> after all we haven't lost that let's put it that way we haven't lost since van dyke has been injured but you've lost points and we'll get to that yes. later on <laughs> Uh, and the other game for Group D, we have Midgeland, uh, not nil, Midgeland 1, Ajax 2. Now, this game was also interesting because Midgeland actually took it to Ajax. Um, I didn't have any other notes on that game. But yeah, um, Ajax just scraped through. Um, and if you're unaware with the group, I think Liverpool on 9, Midgeland on nil, not on 0, at the other end of the group, and both uh, other teams are, uh, I believe, on four points in the middle of the group. So that group will come down to the wire between them two. And obviously both of them, I think Ajax, Ajax missed out last year in the group stages, I think. But Atalanta, threw, they went through to the semifinals, I believe. So I'd be very disappointed if both those teams missed out. Oh, sorry. If both those teams missed out, they would be very disappointed. Yeah, it would be. Um, but yeah, that was it for the Wednesday fixtures. We'll swiftly move on to the Thursday fixtures. To start off, we had Sevilla 3, Krasnodar 2. What did you predict for this one? I predicted Sevilla to win. Yep. And they I've did. Done the same. I keep forgetting all these predictions. What did you predict for the Atalanta Liverpool game? You did Liverpool. Liverpool. And I did a draw, so you actually get a point there. Mm-hmm. And we both predicted Ajax for the other game. Um, so, yeah, Sevilla. That was a very good game. Um, if you're unaware, Krasnodar went 2-0 up. Sevilla pulled it back. They won. They kicked three in a row um, with 10 men. So pretty impressive win there um, and proved to be vital. They probably will go through now. I think uh, Sevilla and Chelsea are both on seven points after three games. Um, so they'll both go through. Yeah, it looks that way. Um, and then the other game in Group E, Chelsea 3, Ren 0. Both predicted Chelsea in that one. Yeah, big win for Chelsea again um, after coming off a 4-0 uh, win in um, against Krasnodar oh. um, and a 4-0 win in the Premier League as well. I, I thought you were talking about the Brighton game. Um, but that was a while ago anyway. That was still like three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, good. Fair few talking points from this one. Uh, well, okay, yeah, okay, there are. But... First to... off, I just want to say that shouldn't have been a red card. Oh yes, um, that wasn't a red card. No. Wasn't it? Ha- it was handball. It was handball. in the box. He it's kicked up off his foot, hit his arm, and he's just been given a. It wasn't a straight red. It was his second yellow, wasn't it? 
I believe it was yeah, the second yellow. But that's so yellow. harsh. It, it was um that's it so was harsh. Uh, against a Ren player. I cannot remember his name. Yeah. That's my my fault. Uh, but, sorry about that. Yeah. Um but uh the resulted in a penalty. Yeah, the referee goal. had to go and check VAR, as we do now. Um he put his hand up though, like the player put his hand up. So yeah. he, it wasn't I don't know if it was natural or unnatural, but I don't want to get into all the so um, things we've talked about in, that in previous podcasts. Um, but it was awarded as a penalty. I think leave it at that. I think it was very harsh to give him another yellow, yeah. which got him sent off and meant that they had to play the rest, the other half, because this was just before half time mm, with ten men. With ten men, um, a lot of positives for. Oh, I guess the main positive for Chelsea in this one was that big win. Uh, not only was it a big win, it was their fifth game in a row without conceding a goal. Yeah. Um, which I, hadn't been done since 2010, thanks to Petr Cech. Yeah, so I think that's... Um, 10 years later. Down to our Chelsea's new um, goalkeeper, Edouard Mendy, um, the saviour. He's been yeah. so impressive. Um, I think you, you've been probably more impressed than I have. Because I, yeah, I, 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 had, had, I had decent expectations. I him. had expectations, but I still... Look... I never thought he was going to be our long-term number one. Now I'm kind of my mind's changed a bit. It, he's done he's done very well. Um, but I I don't really want to take away from uh, Thiago Silva and um, Espelicueta and James and um, the, the defense. Like it's a whole defensive has been pretty pretty yeah, decent for the last um, five six matches anyway. Yeah. Um. So. Is that all you had for that one? Yeah. Um, cool. I, Both predicted happy, Chelsea, as we said. Happy to see another Chelsea win. Um, yes. But yeah, um, not much more to say on that one. And it was also against his old side, Ren. Yeah, it was against uh, Eduard Mendy's old side. And I just found out, I didn't actually know this. I don't know how much of, uh, if it makes me look like a good Chelsea supporter or not. Or if it makes me look like a bad Chelsea supporter or not. Um, uh Petr Cech actually came from Wren as well. Really? Yeah, he came straight from Wren to Chelsea. Interesting. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. That's, I, I wasn't really And he was at the game that. watching because it was at uh, Stamford yeah. Bridge, of course. Um, as was Mark, uh, Mark Schwarzer. Yes. Petr Cech's mate. Oh, Petr Cech, he was his best mate at his wedding, wasn't he? He was... Um, Petr Cech was... Goalkeeper union. Mark Sch- Schwarzer's... Best man. Best man. Yeah. They obviously played at Chelsea together. Yeah, so Mark's, Mark Schwarzer and uh, Petr Cech are good friends. Um, obviously, Petr Cech's on the list now. So moving on to Group F in the Champions League, we'll kick off with Zenit 1, Lazio 1. Another very impressive result from... Uh, not from Lazio, it's very disappointing from Lazio. A very surprising result from Zenit, uh, managing to grab a draw there. Um, what was I going to mention? Lazio have been fairly disappointing... Since match day one, that win they had against Dortmund, but since then they have failed to get a win, um, drawing against Bruges and Zenit. What are your thoughts on them right now? Can they qualify? I think they can qualify. Should they will can? They qualify? I don't think they will though. You really think they'll miss out? Yeah. I think. Uh, I'm not sure whether they're coming up fixture against. Uh, obviously, they'll have a home fixture against Zenit in the next uh, match, but after that. I don't know if they're Bruges games at home or not because that that'll prove to be. I think very Bruges could hard. go through. You think? Yeah, I think um, Zenit uh, one loss away from being put back too far, and then I think it'll be either a, a Dortmund will go through, 
pretty easily from here. Yeah, I think it'll be, be a two-horse race for second. Um, that was that's what I predicted anyway. Um, but yeah, Dortmund on the other hand beating Club Bruges three nil. Uh, we both predicted Lazio as well for the last game, so no points there. Um, Dortmund beating Club Bruges three nil. We both predicted Dortmund as well. Um, very impressive. I after you said Sierra uh, Mobley would get a hat trick, I then said Erling Haaland would score a hat trick, and he got taken off with a brace. <laughs> So we not should like not in a brace like he hurt himself. He scored yeah. a brace and then he was taken off. So I was like, "You're joking!" Like, so we shouldn't mention who's going to score what because it, it, we've got a curse. Yeah, it's a curse. Um, but yeah, Dortmund. I think from now, if they, uh, you can say this for any team, but as long as they don't stuff up, they should go through um, from here. Um, what do we got next? Group G, I believe it is. Yes. Um, sorry, one moment. So, Group G, what do we got? Barcelona 2, Dynamo Kiev 1. Yeah. Both predicting um, Barcelona. Yeah, it wasn't really surprised, I don't think. Um, yeah, I wasn't really surprised at this one. I think I was more surprised that Kiev actually scored, to be honest. But, <laughs> yes. um, yeah, Barca, yeah, no talking points there from me. Um, next game, what do we have? Group G as well. Ferenvaros 1, Juventus 4. Another pretty crazy Ronaldo result. Ronaldo, yeah, back. He scored two. Oh no, he scored two in Syria. I don't know if he scored. I don't. I didn't. I know Dybala scored. <laughs> don't know why. But anyway, yeah, Dybala did score, and I think Morata scored two. That's who scored two. Yeah. And someone else scored one. But yeah, uh, moving on to the final group, Group H. The alphabet. I never learnt it. Letters. Yeah. yeah, letters. Um, what is going on with this? Sorry. Oh yeah. Uh, we'll start. We'll start off with the Leipzig game. Leipzig two, PSG one. What do you predict? Close, but yep. Leipzig very well done. Yeah, we both predicted a draw. Um, there's a few talking points here. Firstly, with PSG. Very disappointing result for them. More frustrating than not. Um, they ended up with two red cards. Um, I think it was Marquinhos and... No, it was Kimpempe and someone else. Anywho, they yeah, they finished the game off with nine men, um, which didn't make it any easier for them as they were... Well, they did take the lead. Sorry, Leipzig then scored two. Um, but then PSG pretty much had no way of getting back into it as they were pretty much defending for the entire... Last 15 minutes, um, Leipzig obviously have a very attacking uh, tactic under Nagelsmann. Um, but yeah, I think this then puts PSG in danger. We'll talk about the next fixture, then we'll talk about the group overall, I think. Um, the next, or the last result for the UCL this week, we had Istanbul Basak Shear 2, Manchester United 1. Now, just when we thought... Manchester United have won a couple games in a row. They might be off their slump. They can use this to take the next step. They've gone and just shoom, straight down the straight shoom. down the hill. Mate, what the heck's going on? Uh, here? I said it when last week when I picked Manchester United for the first time. Yeah, we both um, said after they had won their matches in the Champions League, I said they'll lose because I picked them and they did. So and they did. Oh mate, I'll this keep picking was them. Crazy bad. No, I don't know. Uh, yeah, weird. It was such a bad result. Like, especially... <laughs> the goals, year. too. They were they were 
really like, it was just walkovers. defensive errors it was defensive Let just down. lack of defensive yeah. and Henderson was in goal which is really upsetting yeah disappointing for him his first start for the season puts him back yeah. um, in the pecking order well, he, he didn't start on the weekend either well obviously it's a three day turnaround but didn't start against Everton um, does that does that does that say to you though that maybe they thought Everton would be a harder game, so they put De Gea on the ice because it was such long yeah. term. I think you can look at it that way and say maybe they thought let's give De Gea a break, and because they wanted to win Everton more than they wanted to win. I suppose Solskjaer's it's just job completely. at the moment is more. Dependent on the Premier League results. I mean, his job overall, keeping his job, is more dependent on the Premier League results. Because yeah, that's the, sorry, that's the league that they're currently you know failing in right now. Mm. They're still top of the group, um, fortunately, because of the Leipzig result. Um, but yeah, the whole the group as a whole. Well, sorry, we'll both mention we both picked Man United. Yep. Um, no points. Um, the group as a whole, it remains tight now because United are on two wins, one loss, six points. Uh, PSG are on three points, I believe. Basak are also on three points. Like it's, it could go down to the wire. I feel like, well, this is the group that I thought would be, you know, the most entertaining at the start, and it's actually proven that so far. I hope I hope it goes down to the wire, and mm. I hope like, well, obviously I hope Manchester United miss out and go yeah, to the Europa I League. Do but too, a little bit. I but... think. Another thing to just mention in there, if PSG are to lose the next game against Leipzig, they could go to the Europa League. Like, what is going on there? Yeah. They could, they could go down to the Europa League. I don't know. That, that'd be interesting. Do you think Manchester United could lose to Istanbul at Old Trafford? Um, I think anything's possible. It'd be hard to just completely write them off, considering they just beat them, but... I don't see them. It'll be harder, but I don't know. I wouldn't put it past um, Istanbul. Yeah. Anyway, so we're going to just speed through the uh, match week eight of the Premier League. Um, where where do we start off? Brighton um, and Hove Albion. Start, probably. Brighton and Hove Albion, nil. Burnley, nil. Very boring start to the week. What yes. did you predict for that one? Um, I predicted 2-1 to Brighton. Done the same. No points there as it was uh, drawn. And no talking points. Next game. <laughs> Southampton 2, Newcastle 0. Pretty straightforward win for them. Yeah, it was indeed. I predicted a 4-1 to Southampton and they ended up yeah. winning 2-0. So, I one also point for me. did Southampton 3-1. Uh, only thing to mention from this one, this game put Southampton on top of the Premier League for the first time ever. Um, which is very impressive for them, considering at the start, they had a pretty shaky start to the Premier League. And they've come up, you know, they had two odd results at the start and they've pretty much won every game since. Um, so yeah, very good for Southampton there. Uh, one point each for us for the result. Next up, this was Manchester United's revival, 3-1 against Everton. What do you predict here? I predicted a 3-1. Everton. But in Everton's favour, not Manchester United's. Yeah. Uh, I've I've gone with a draw, 2-2. Didn't come to fruition either. Um, now, I'll just quickly mention this. I know you're not the biggest Bruno Fernandes fan. Oh, are you? Are you a Bruno Fernandes fan? Do you respect? Well, obviously, you respect. I don't mind him. I'm not a big fan, though. I have a, I have a couple stats here about Bruno Fernandes that you might want to know. Bruno Fernandes now has 
five goals this season, so equal fourth in the league, more than any other midfielder. And he also has seven open play goals since his debut, which is the most for a midfielder. So he's not a penalty merchant. Uh, he's he's plastered as a penalty merchant, but... No, I think Manchester United are plastered as a penalty merchant team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess it's kind of hard because I was going to mention this, but I don't want to keep taking up too much time. I think the Premier League is just... There's penalties in every other game now. Like, there was two penalties in the in the Liverpool game overnight. There was one in the... In the the the, oh, I've forgotten. But the, anyway. you can watch any of our every other game. There's almost going to be penalty because it's now become easier to get a penalty. Yeah. Um. Another quick thing on Bruno Fernandez since his Premier League debut, only Mo Salah with 14 has scored more goals than Bruno's 13, and he's also registered the most since since assist assists assist. since his debut with nine. So very impressive stats. He's hit the hit the ground running at Manchester United. Yes. But Manchester United have not hit the ground running. So season. the next match was Crystal Palace taking on Leeds. Yep, we had um, 4-1. Yeah, 4-1 win to Crystal Smashing. Palace. Smashing. We both predicted 1-0 Leeds. No points there. No, I predicted 3-2 Leeds. Did you? Yeah. Oh, no. I've had a mare with the notes. Anyway. Anyway, we both didn't get um, that right. Yeah, no. Um, Is Leeds on a hype train? Were they on a hype train? Are they off the hype train? <laughs> they sit 15th right now. They've they, dropped they off a little very, bit. They were very good early on, but... They can come back. They obviously can come back. Any, any team can win it from here still. Yes. <laughs> you can say that. Uh, um, uh, it is possible for any team that could win it. Not every team can win it, though. Yeah. I, it's, yeah. Yeah. Goes um, without saying, I think. Did you see the VAR offside decision for Bamford? No, I didn't. Uh, so, f- let's just put it this way. So, he's received a cross. Um, sorry. Bamford's in the middle of the ground. Running forward. I love this now because they can see my hand movements. <laughs> I couldn't do on the podcast. So anyway, um, Bamford's beelining it through the middle. He's pointing where he wants it. He wants it here. But mm-hmm. it turns out the defender's sitting right here, mm. um, which then puts his shoulder offside. <laughs> and he, the ball comes in. He scores. And then it's gone to VAR and he's offside because he's pointing where he wants the ball. <sighs> um, we've talked about this in another podcast. And... The, uh, about the VR, VAR rules. Yeah, uh, that's a bit ridiculous to me. It, but it's honestly like it is what it the, is. You it's can't a do rule. Much about it. It's a rule. The decision was correct thanks to the rule, but the rule is wrong. Like the rule isn't. Uh, we've done this a thousand times, honestly. Yeah. Um. One of the professional game match officials board members, bloody mouthful that is, uh, Keith Hackett said just simply the decision was wrong. Well, the decision is simply wrong. That's what he said. Um, it's just, it's ridiculous that your body part that you're pointing with is offside when you didn't score with that body part. That's the way I just put it that way. (laughs) We won't, we'll leave it at that for now. We may have a completely massive episode on it one day. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on to the next match was Brighton taking on Burnley. No, it wasn't. No, that it was wasn't. From the, we already mentioned that. Sorry, um, <laughs> Chelsea game. The Chelsea game. Uh, Chelsea taking on Sheffield at Stamford Bridge. Um, I predicted a three nil win to Chelsea, and it was a four one win to Chelsea. Yep. So both getting a point there. Unfortunately, conceding that goal, but still it was pretty. Ca- good. It was going to come down. They four still ones. won by three goals. Yeah. Sorry. In the end. Um, 
Any talking points? Any talking points? Um, not many, no. Um, no. I think we just move on. Sorry, one second. West Ham. West Brom Spurs. West Ham oh, and yeah. Fulham and then oh. West Brom Spurs. Zayac. He's been bloody good since. Yeah. He's so first, first two games for Chelsea in, during the week. First two men of the matches. Yeah. Um, is he the new Eden Hazard? That's what he's been called. I think that's what he was um, bought for. Pegged as, but I think you could say the same thing about Pulisic. Yeah, they're both I think very Zayek's good. A bit more. They're better. Zayek's I think. Have got that edge. I feel like you know Zayek. I mean, we saw this at um at Ajax. Yeah, you know the absolutely unreal, and he killed it in the Champions League for Ajax in, in all the seasons he's played there. Um, another mention, uh, Thiago Silva scored his first goal for Chelsea in that game as well. Yep. Um, oh, thanks to a Zayek assist. <laughs> so just adding him in there again. Um, anything else you want to add for that one? Clean sheet uh, from Mendy? No, he didn't. Huh? It's 4-1. Oh, sorry. Not a clean sheet from Mendy, um, but <laughs> should have been. I thought, anyway, next game, what do we got? West Ham Fulham. Oh, boy. <laughs> I watched this game. and <laughs> Let's just, I laughed. I've never laughed this hard at a game in that long. Um... Uh, the game ended 1-0 to West Ham. We both predicted a 3-1 West Ham, so we both got a point there. What the heck was going on through Adam Lookman's head, taking a penalty in the 98th minute to equalise and potentially save his team? Like They need these points. They're down the bottom of the table. They need points. And he's gone and tried to... What's it called? Panaka? Pananka? You know, when you chip the keeper. Oh, I don't know what it's Panaka. called. I, you, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'll it. take your word for he it. He tried... Called? Anyway... He tried to chip the keeper in the 98th minute to equalise. <laughs> and he, the chip didn't even make the keeper. It, it landed right in the keeper's, like, uh, oh, I don't know. saving area. Um, nervous. No, but that's the way he takes penalties. He scored that penalties like that before. And people are saying, uh, the commentators during the game were saying, that's, it can't be nerves because if you've got nerves, you're more likely to just put your foot straight through the ball and not think about placing it. Yeah, just... It's just an odd just decision. Everyone has been plastered as like the worst <laughs> worst penalty in history, Premier League history. It's, it's pretty harsh. And like for a young guy, like he's going to, social media is going to bloody clobber him for this, but he'll come back. Uh, and Fulham's penalty woes just continue. Um, Mitrovic missed penalties. Kamara then stole the ball off Mitrovic to take a penalty and missed. And now Lookman's <laughs> missed this one. So doesn't look good for Fulham at this stage. What's the next game here? Is West Brom and Spurs. Yes. West Brom were in this game. Finished 1-0 to Tottenham. Yeah, close. Um, what'd Came you down to the last few minutes. What do you predict for that one? <laughs> I predicted a 5-0 to Spurs. Yeah, and I've done oh, I did 4-0 Spurs, so, so equally bad. Way off the but, mark there. Yeah, we still get a point. We still get a point. We'll take that. Um, West Brom actually dominated the first half. Uh, they had like eight or nine attempts on goal in the first half. Um, but Tottenham then scoring the late winner through Harry Kane in the 88th minute uh, to... It could have game. been just they thought that, you know, they weren't going to be that good. And and obviously, no, there's not Spurs high are a lot better. Yeah, there's no real it's high just, expectations on West Brom at this stage. Just one of those matches, I think. One nil, yes. done the job, got the three points. And Bale... Too yeah. upset about that. Bale also got his first start at Tottenham since his arrival. Good to see. Good to see. Um, and he, you know, he didn't really disappoint. He played a decent match. Obviously, there wasn't many highlights, but 
That's all right. Um, what else do we have? Next game. Um, the next Leicester game City. is Leicester taking on t- that took on Wolves um, at in Leicester. Um, I predicted a two-two draw. The match ended one-nil um, to Leicester. What do you predict? Uh, I did a one-one draw. So both did draws. Uh, no points there. I don't think there was many talking points there, uh, except Leicester have received eight penalties this season in eight games. This is what I mean with the Premier League and the penalties. Um, last season, it it took them sixteen matches to get one penalty. So yeah, take that with a um, pinch of salt. Disappointing there. Um, the next match was Manchester City and Liverpool. Yes, which ended in a one-one draw. What did you predict for that one? I did a two-two draw, so I actually get a point there. I did a two-three to Liverpool. Yes, um, I just thought Liverpool were gonna walk, not walk over, but I thought they were gonna win, yeah. um, just because of their Manchester City's poor performances recently. Yeah, it was a pretty decent first half. Um, both teams came out firing. Um, De Bruyne missed the penalty that would have actually won the game in the end yeah, of the day. Bit of a wasn't saved. He actually missed yeah, it was everything. Yeah, a bit of a boo boo from um, um, KDB. He could have done really a chip. See. He could have done a chip goal. It would have gone in. <laughs> Could have done a Lookman. Uh, Roy Keane had some words to say about Kyle Walker. Called him an idiot <laughs> because of the... Uh, he, no, what was it? Roy Keane say anything, wasn't Mane he? won the penalty and he's like... Uh, someone asked him, how's how's Mane won that penalty? And he go, Roy Keane goes, <laughs> because he's up against an idiot. Yes, it's but like, in what? an Irish accent. Yeah, I'm so not that sounds even that. funny. Yeah, it does know. sound quite funny. Um, not that there's anything wrong with the Irish or the Irish accent. Another this is Roy Keane says all kinds of things all the time. Yeah. Um, um, he also called his season a car crash or something along those bit lines. Harsh. <laughs> just a little, just he, a, just a little he, bit harsh. He doesn't. He said he doesn't know why everyone's getting all this hype from from Walker this season. Like I don't know. I mean, he's the fastest player in uh, Manchester City it's in his squad. Yeah. Um, he's even been a goalkeeper on some occasions. Too. And he scored. He scored goals this season. Yeah. I, I can't I think say it's season's to been too bad. Car crash. Yeah, I can't Especially say it's been a car Especially because we're... Crash. What's that? Um, how many matches in? You know, like it's not Eight even matches. like we're so a quarter early, of the way yeah. through yet. So, um, And final talking point about this one. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold was subbed out in the second half with a lower leg injury. It looked like a calf. Um, and Klopp already ruled him out for his English um, duties. That is not good, but hopefully it's not a long-term issue. Hopefully not. The way... Yeah, I didn't watch the post-match interview, but um, the fact that he just said English duty, didn't say afterwards. He's going to get scans, obviously, probably as we're speaking. Yeah. Maybe even earlier. They probably don't know yet, and that's probably why they ruled him yeah. out straight away for the English duties, not just... To... So, yeah, another Liverpool defender to go down. Um, and the last game. match of the week was Arsenal taking on Aston Villa, yep. and it resulted in a 3-0 in Villa's favour. Away. Um, Thumping. What did you predict? The Emirates. I predicted 2-1. So I thought Villa, uh, 2-1 to Villa. I thought yeah. Villa were going to win. Um, I but also did I didn't Villa. think it was going to be like a three-goal deficit. Yeah. I also did a 1-0 Villa win. So I thought Villa would win. Um, Ollie Watkins scoring a brace. Um, and Villa's away record continues. Um, so that's all for the tipping. We've probably been chatting for about an hour we'll have to condense this down. Oh, we've probably been chatting for about 40 minutes, but we'll condense it down, obviously, for you guys. Um, so tips this week, you got 16, I got 19. So brought back the three deficit I had, and we're now equal on 74. 
early days and the score's really high. I'm going to have to rethink this tipping for next season, but... <laughs> yeah, we could draw. We um, could draw. At this yeah. rate, we, we haven't been much apart. We haven't been far apart. Yeah. I don't think we've been more than like five apart. Oh, more than 10 apart. Well, I think once it gets to that point, we're going to be starting to freak out and like make some more rash decisions. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, now we'll move on to our main segment, um, talking about Pep Guardiola. Yeah, and there are no tips this week, so we yeah. will do that now. So for our main segment today, um, as we've mentioned about 30 times already today, we're talking about Pep Guardiola. Um, is he a tactical freak or no. a oh. lucky fraud? We will get to that. I could say... I'm not going to say. Um, okay. Let's go through his... Um, I, su- I suppose we'll go through each of his seasons. This is only at uh, Man City, by the way. Um, but we'll go through each of his seasons, I suppose, and see like how he's developed his squad. And then we'll go through his tactics at the end, how he's developed those. Um, but yeah, there's obviously a lot of um, talk about Pep and how he's you know bought his way up to where he is, which... I don't say I can say half of it's true, half of it's not, because he has a philosophy there, and he's buying the players for that, and he's obviously going to buy the best players available to do that, and they've got that much money coming in, so why the hell not? Yeah, um, I think that um, any manager in his position would be spending as much as they can yeah. to get the best players. That's really what you aim for if you want to be a top club. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think they've necess- he's made any really shocking purchases. Yeah. Um, I say, like, some of them, okay, obviously, um, you know, people have criticised him for buying, like, what, $400 million, not dollars, $400 million pounds worth of defenders, and a lot of them have been moved on already, but mm-hmm. what are you going to do? <laughs> That's, like, half of his, I'll get to his tactics in the end, but a lot of it re- actually revolve around defenders, um, surprisingly, when they have that attacking uh pressing style um so we'll move on to his first season at man city which was the 2016-17 season he was appointed man city manager signed a three-year deal um he went on to sign we won't talk about the outs more we'll just talk about the ins like who he brought in to bring him to fit his philosophy um so he spent 215 million euros in his first year there it's quite large that's yeah. quite a large amount like coming into a club and spending that straight away i mean take that as you will but i mean yeah i mean like a lot of these are actually good signings like i'll go through i'll just yeah. go through the highlighted ones uh john stones he's still at the club bought him for about 55 million pounds however uh leroy sane had a very good period at the club one of their best winning wingers for some uh, for quite a few seasons. Gabriel Jesus is now one of their best strikers at the moment. Aguero is injured, um, but uh, during Pep's tenure at Man City, he's more been a backup striker option uh, to Aguero. Uh, Ilkay Gundogan, he's also a starter at the moment. Started every Champions League game this season, so that one's also stayed. And Claudio Bravo, who was a uh, you know, their keeper for probably two seasons until they brought Bra, uh, not Bravo, until they brought Edison in. Um, yep. So yeah, in that first, in the first season, it was his first ever, uh, it was his first ever season as a manager to not win any trophies. 
Yeah, I mean, but then when when you're at Barcelona and you have the greatest player of all time on your team... It's pretty hard not to win trophies. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think this came up as a topic um, when I saw something on, I believe it was Instagram, might have been uh, YouTube or Facebook, I can't remember, maybe even Twitter. And it was saying, um, it was a statement that said, basically, the reason that... um, the reason that Guardiola's team doesn't work as it has done is because they don't have Messi and his whole style was um, the tick-attacker um, system, uh, as it's been called. Um, from that, you know, 2009, 20, uh, um, uh, how long was it? Oh, 2013, 2012, whatever. Yeah. Um, when they were so, so successful, it's, it was centered around Messi um, and what he could do. Um, amongst other things, and I think, you know, they haven't, they've won leagues, so it obviously still works, but they, they're nowhere near as dominant, like Pep's teams have not been nowhere near as dominant as they were when they had Messi when he was at Barcelona. Now, is that just cause that, just Messi? I think probably that's most of it. Um, and who knows, um, if he, if Manchester City managed to get Messi uh, in That's, January, yeah. um, we could see a it's return to it. I year. mean, he'll be a lot older, but... Well, he still wouldn't arrive until the start of the next season yeah. anyway. Um, I think we'll, we'll talk about more of that um, after we get through all these, all these seasons there. Um, so, yeah, finished third in the Premier League, reached around a 16 in the Champions League in his first season. Not bad, um, but yeah, when you're spending, this is like the people's main concern or the social media or you know, observers' main concern is that when you spend 215 million euros or around that much money, like you should be successful off the bat. And the fact that it was his first season there is so harsh. Like think about how harsh that is. Like come in for one season, they've finished third, they've still qualified for Champions League. They've, you know, they've still got a good base to start their team off. Yeah, no. Like a lot of those teams are still, a lot of those players are still at the club. Like, Yeah, no, um, I think it was a good season. Um, yeah, he spent a lot of money, but, you Obviously, know. Chelsea won the league that year. Yeah. Pretty um, easily. I, I, I don't know. I can't really fault what he did there. I mean, it yeah. takes time to rebuild a club, and that's what he has yeah. done, as we've seen. And, um, you know, he's the owner's. They've got the money, so he's going to spend it. Yeah. I don't really think there's much of a problem with it. Yeah. Moving on to the next season, his second season in charge. Let's say he was beginning to spend a little bit more money. <laughs> yeah, he got season. a bit of a taste for it. Yeah. So he realized the defensive, uh, what the defense was missing, sorry. And he went out and bought uh, Edison, Mendy, Kyle Walker, Emmerich Laporte. And he, on the sa- at the same time, he removed you know, like the veterans of the, the defense was in like Kolarov, Gal Clichy, Sanya and Zabaleta. So that's pretty much <laughs> a whole defense out, a new defense in, um, which obviously proved to work. Uh, he also brought in Bernardo Silva and Danilo. Danilo no longer at the club, obviously. Um, so he spent 317.5 million euros that, uh, that period. Yeah. So, so up again from the previous year. After but... two after two seasons, he But how spent... did they do that league, that season? Yeah. So, 
well, I'll say after two seasons, he spent what five hundred and thirty odd yeah. million euros. Uh, they won the Carabao Cup and they finished the Premier League on a hundred points, winning the league. Yeah. So <laughs> now I think Manchester United was second that year. Uh, Tottenham may have been third. I'm not too sure. Liverpool fourth. Um, Chelsea might have been third anyway. Um, and then after that season, he re-signed until 2021. So just pretty much solidified him. And all those haters just shut up. Yep. Um, but you're still 500 plus million spent over two years was was unheard of at the time. I think that was the period where Neymar and, and Mbappe started moving to PSG and it stuffed up the whole transfer market <laughs> for what we for what it is today. Um so we'll move on to the next season, um, where they went back to back, twenty eighteen nineteen. Yep. Um and this was uh in Pep's words, to win the title we had to win fourteen games in a row. This was the toughest title in all of my career by far. I think that says something that um, this is well, this is the year Liverpool almost won it. They won by one point. City with yeah. Um, I I think that that says more about the the strengthening of the Liverpool side than it does of Pep yeah. and Manchester City. Because um, yeah, before that, in the twenty seventeen eighteen season, City won the league by well, they won it pretty convincingly. Quite convincingly, yeah. Um, but yeah, this just brought a whole new element to the squad, like. Uh, not to the squad, but to the competition they had to face. Um, so, yeah, they bought Mares in. That was pretty much the other, uh, among other minor purchases. Um, so, a total net spend that year of 78.6 million euros. Which then, add that on, that's about 600 or so all up. Yep. Um, they won the Carabao Cup, FA Cup, Premier League, um, and the Community Shield. So, they did the domestic quadruple, I suppose. But Community Shield... Type. Doesn't really doesn't count really count as a trophy. That, trophy it counts as yeah. a trophy, but it's not a. Yeah, and they made it to the quarterfinals in the Champions League as they did the year before. Um, so yeah, after winning that, yeah, that's what he said. It was the first men's team in England to win the domestic treble. Put it that. Um, say that. Yep. Next season. This is last season. Last season. <laughs> um, yeah, twenty nineteen twenty season. Nothing wrong with second place. <laughs> says a Liverpool fan yeah uh, they brought in Jao Cancelo what is that oh Rodri <laughs> Rodri and Angelino what is that it looked like it's, it looked like room <laughs> they brought in room uh, so yeah he spent another 159.2 yeah so his euros. spending has gone down a little bit yeah I think this is the year before and this uh, no the year before last and last season were more just, you know, depth. Like the plays he brought in were then depth plays and these plays, obviously, Cancelo starts, Rodri starts, Angelina's on loan at RB Leipzig at the moment. Um, he started, he, he was at City until January and then he went off uh, last season. But yeah, if, um, these ins made the value of City's squad exceed a billion uh, euros. First squad in history to hit a billion euro value. That's crazy. Yeah. And now I think Liverpool is also at a billion. It'd be I close, think yeah. PSG is also at a... Uh, I don't know. I don't know about PSG. I think it's just Manchester City and Liverpool at the moment. Um, and also in that season, they won their third Carabao Cup in a row, uh, second in the Premier League, and 
Third time in a row they finished in the quarterfinals in the Champions League, which is the one trophy that's eluded them this entire time. Um, it was it was what Pep was brought to City to do. Um, yeah. I don't think you'd leave until he, he's done it. And I think, I know. If it's not this season, what what's If next? it's not this season, when is it? Yeah, exactly. Um, and they're looking like they could do it this season. They've been pretty strong in the Champions League, not so much in the Premier League, but yeah. <coughs> excuse me. In the Champions League, they have done pretty well. Mm. Um, so yeah, we'll go to this season, and then we'll <coughs> go through all these expenditure, I suppose. So so far this season, he's brought in Ferran Torres, Ruben Diaz, Nathan Ake. Uh, that's the players that highlighted the window um, for a total cost of 171.8 million euros. Again, his lowest expenditure in his tenure at City is 78.6 mil. I think the reason he brought in so many players is because of what happened last season with Liverpool and they just went so far ahead so quickly. Mm. He didn't spend as much as you know he had been doing. And I mean, Liverpool didn't spend a lot, but I don't know. I think he just, you know, he wasn't risking anything. Yeah. Um, think... It hasn't really worked in the Premier League so far. Um, I think his main concern with um, what happened last season, in the year before where Liverpool won the league and they came second, um, the reason they weren't able to really face up to other clubs is because Laporte was out injured the entire season. Mm. As we're now seeing with Liverpool, they're having a centre-back shortage. And this is what happened to City the year before. Um, so, yeah, that's why they brought in Diaz and Ake. And we're seeing this season so far, they're starting Diaz and... Laporte as their main centre-backs, Ake and Stones on the bench. So that just shows if they were to lose, say, Laporte, then in comes another world-class centre-back ready to replace it. And I think that, again, shows not only the trust that players have in him, knowing that Ake could have gone to a, like a, a lower club and played every game or go to City, have success... Maybe not play every game, but you know his role is still there. Yeah, he's he's chosen to go to the big club yeah. and um, be part of a team where he knows he probably won't get as many starts as he'd like, but you know it builds him up for the future as well. Yeah. Um. So we'll go through there. Well, I've gone through. Uh, I've kind of said all of the money that they've spent, but all up, they he spent nine hundred and twenty-four point four million euros over. <laughs> Five seasons. That's that's a lot of money. It's a lot. Um, very close to a billion. Um, uh, yeah. And if he gets if he gets it. Messi, it will be. Well, it depends if he pays for Messi. He it's will. Free. Oh no, actually no. Yeah, that's a free. That's transfer. completely right. Yeah. Um, so now we'll move on to the the tactics side of it, because this is where all of the talk about him being a fraud essentially gets rubbed out because he's a he's a genius. He is a genius. Um, these are just some points. In terms of geniuses, this is just the tip of the iceberg currently... as well. I've only got three page, two pages of notes. Yeah, it's the tip of the iceberg. Like, in, there's so much more to it. In terms of football genius geniuses in the Premier League at the moment, you have Marcelo Bielsa, <laughs> then Pep Guardiola. They're very close. Yeah, they they are and warming then Klopp up the middle. Would be of, there too. They're warming up the middle of the Premier League very well right now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, that doesn't mean he's not a genius, though. No, I know. Um, so I'm just gonna basically read <laughs> read this book word for word because I haven't really read it since I wrote it, which was just this morning, anyway. Sure. Um, 
So his, his tactic style, his playing style, is formally known as a disciplined, aggressive pressing style. That's what it's broken down to, essentially. Um, as we saw, not so much in, his, in the start of his manager career, but more in the you know, 2011s, 12s, 13s, he actually played a 3-4-3 three, three formation. Um, and it wasn't very common back then because playing against... Um, teams that would play like maybe a four-one-two-one-two, two strikers against three defenders. People wondered why would you put yourself at such risk to do this. And the first time he did this was in a uh, UEFA Champions League match. I don't remember who it was against, but they won five-nil. Yeah, so it worked. It worked straight off the bat. First time ever using it worked straight off the bat. Um, that's just one thing that we should mention. Not so much tactically, but people underestimated him straight off the bat mm-hmm. and the way that he put it into i mean for manchester city or no this was at barcelona oh, okay yeah i was gonna say by the time you got 2000 and city. early 2010s yeah um i'll talk i'll get to the city but near the end of this but another thing that was also used which was when he was a player when reichardt was manager and he used this when he's a manager also it's called the six second rule um I watched a few videos on this, <laughs> them training it. Um, and he's brought this to City and it's become more prominent in the Premier League. It's There's other rule, names to it, like five-second rule or whatever. But it's the same uh, th- theory. Um, if you lose possession, the players must put 100% effort to win the possession back within six seconds. And then if it is not won, everyone just goes behind the ball and makes it impossible for plays for the opposition team to break down the defense. So it's that that's that aggressive aggressive press straight away and then they go back and they're disciplined. That's where that comes from. Yeah, well, it works. It does. And you now see that with uh Pochettino has used this at Tottenham and Klopp uses this at Liverpool. That's that's quite big. That's saying something, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, Poch, when he was at Tottenham, Champions League final, Liverpool won the Champions League final <laughs> against Tottenham. Uh, yeah. And then won the league. City won the league before them twice. So, you know, that that rule itself has proven to be vital in those teams um, currently. Um, so, yeah, a difficult for the opposition to break down and this strategy seemed by them. Um, so, yeah. Another thing that his theory needs is confident defenders. And I think that's why he's gone through so many defenders is that he's brought them in and they haven't been good enough, so he sold them. You've yeah. seen this with... Ruthlessness. Yeah. You saw this with... Oh, Ferguson. I'm going back. I'm, no, no, players that he's brought in. Oh. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I mean... Bravo. He brought in Bravo. He was, he was an older player, but... He was out the next season. Edison came straight back in. Um, I think they also had Danilo from Real Madrid. Yep. He was in for a couple of seasons. Not good enough. Um, so what this is, um, these defenders develop a passing ability that's second to none. So that, obviously, if you don't know Edison, he can kick the length of the pitch <laughs> from a goal kick. Yeah, and he's he's reported to be the best penalty taker. I think he has 
yeah, he's the best penalty taker there. And I think he also has a world record for the longest goal kick. Which is not a thing. It's probably true, yeah. But that, that's, that thing alone scares Premier League or any team that he faces because they immediately put defenders and sometimes midfielders on their attackers because he can kick that far. Yeah. Unless he does what he did, I guess, was it Southampton last year? Oh, when he scored. Oh, not when he scored. Where he stood on the edge of the box and they just chipped it over his head. But this is, yeah, this is another thing that I would bring up. Um, The confidence gets to the point where they play a high line and this high line is sometimes in their own half. Oh, not in their own half, playing in the opposition's half, sorry. So they're pretty much on the halfway line or forward. And this means Edison sitting... Somewhere in no man's land in his own half, which but can be caught off. That's off, that's not no, that is not unique to Manchester City. I mean, no. we see this with Liverpool all the time now. Yeah, you see it. It's becoming more used. It, like it's just becoming more of a thing. Um, but yeah, Edison's long pass creates a strategy within itself, and this is just um, since Edison arrived. So what, twenty seventeen, eighteen. Um, his ability forced defenders and sometimes midfielders to mark mark their strikers, which made space in the midfield, which created a scoring opportunity. Yeah. And that's pretty much all I have on this. There's, as mm. I said, tip of the iceberg. We could, Just the tip. Yeah, there's so much. Of the iceberg. Much. He's a freak. He's no fraud. I think he's just ruthless in he's the way... He's good, yeah. He, if he was... Uh, that's a bit of an understatement, but yeah. Let's say if he was at another club. Let's say it was Manchester United. Club Bruges. Oh, okay. Let's say it's Manchester United. He wouldn't be able to apply these. He, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't go be able there, to apply though, it wouldn't. because they don't have the money to get... Well, there I you mean, go, they Manchester did. They spent, United. They spent a lot of money on a, on a defender. But... Um, uh, yeah, I don't think he would have ever bought uh, Maguire. No. Because he wouldn't have fit the, the philosophy. Pogba. Maguire is not or a... Or Wambasaka, maybe. Wambasaka is a good defender. I don't think he's a good wing he doesn't back. fit in it. Anyway. Um, yeah, Maguire's not a confident defender. He's a big body. Anyway, we're talking about Pep Guardiola. Yeah, well, uh, that that is Pep's thing. He needs confident defenders. And he, I think he's got it at the moment. Uh, Ake is easy, was easily Bournemouth's best defender. Uh, Laporte is easily City's okay, best defender. Easily Diaz best player. at Porto. Diaz at Porto is their best defender. Yeah. Um, and he's looked good so far. Kyle Walker, again, very confident player. And yeah. all of those players can pass not, the not, ball insanely well. Not as Roy Keane would call him, just an idiot. Not a car crash. <laughs> car crash. Roy Keane. Anyway, um, do you, what do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about anything more? About not really. Pep? I think... I can't wait to see Messi at Manchester City. Um, oh. I can't wait to see Messi playing for Manchester City on a cold night, a cold Thursday night in the rain at Stoke when they get promoted this season, <laughs> <laughs> as fate would have it. Um, and then we can see how good Messi is, and especially how good. It's um, the question we've all been like. It's the question to everybody. It's the question the universe has been wanting to know yeah. for years. I think, yeah, if there's anything to take away just from this segment, um, yes, he's spent a lot of money. Yes, he's been successful. Has he been su- as successful as I think as if he, he wins the Champions League, doesn't matter how If he wins he the Champions League, all this speculation of him not being a good manager or being a fraud is completely gone. Yeah, 
I don't think there's any really. So that means he's won every. I don't think anyone really been. had any reasonable um, arguments to call him for anyway. He's a bloody genius. I uh, no, he's not. Yeah. He would be a lot better if Messi was on his team. Yeah. Um, did well, his he had the best team in the world his, in the mid 2010s. So. Yeah, yeah, but the thing is, that took everyone by surprise. It took a while for people to figure out how to play against him. Yeah. Especially so that's that the reason why he was this. so successful then. But now people are using his tactics and can defeat them. So, mm. you know, um, that's also a factor. But no, he's no fraud. He is a freak. Yeah, absolute freak of nature. Um, but with that being said... Also, he was a very good player, but, you know... Yeah. And, yeah, as I said before, like, he's using some of the strategies he was being taught as a player yeah. in his own philosophy. I mean, Cruyff um, managed... Guardiola for a bit. Yeah. I said, uh, what's his name? Frank Reichardt. Yeah. As well. Also, great pl- uh, manager. Insane. Both player and manager. So, yeah. With that being said, I think that's all we have for Pep in this episode. Mm, our main there's team. no tipping or game, so we're going to go straight on to... Yes or no? Yes or no. So, if you're new to the podcast... Um, the next segment is called Yes or No. And the way Yes or No works is Tom and I each ask each other three questions, one at a time. Um, I'll go first or Tom will go first. And we can either answer with yes or no. We can't explain um, our answer. We just say yes or no. So, Tom, would you like to go first? No. All right. My first question to you, Tom, is, is Oli Gonosolsha only one loss away from getting the sack? No. Your turn. For those of you who don't know, he throws in Ollie <laughs> Solskjaer yes or no questions every week. Um, that took me a second. Um, my first question to you. Will Aston Villa be able to continue their form throughout the rest of the season? Yes. Go on. My second question to you, Tom, is, is Carlo Ancelotti, um, as Everton manager, has he been hyped up more than he should have been? No. Okay. Almost, almost explained myself then. Um, Question number two for you. Should Pep Guardiola reassess his options at the season's end? Yes. All right. That doesn't mean he's going to leave. I'm just saying. Uh, what are you doing? What are you doing? I think you're explaining that. I think you're explaining the question there. Sorry. For the answer. Bloody hell. Caught me by surprise for a second. My last question to you, Tom, is... Will... Dominic Calvert-Lewin be in the running, so in the shortlist, for the Ballon d'Or this year? No. All right, very well. Your last question? My final question for you is, will Erling Haaland leave Dortmund for Real Madrid next season? No, because he's going to go to Chelsea, but no. He's not going Chelsea. He's going to Chelsea. <laughs> and that is yes or, or no. no. 
Thanks for listening to the podcast or indeed watching it for our first on YouTube. Um, remember to like and subscribe to this channel um, and share it to as many people as you'd care to. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at... You can follow Tom on Twitter at... Thomas Hayes underscore. And you can follow myself at Twitter at RP underscore shop. Our links um, will be in the description below. Yep. Uh, and follow the... Uh, GZ underscore football page for updates about us and the world of football and yeah hope you enjoyed this video yeah also last thing to mention Wings of Change by good friend Karan Tejwani is now out um, you can find all the links to the book in the description of this podcast um, and the video I suppose um, so yeah that one is now available to everyone um, and yeah thanks for watching and listening bye